blocked by Polak and Rice. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today, and thanks to everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that now also includes YouTube. So if you want to watch this podcast instead of just listening to it, feel free to check us out, Locked On Islanders, on YouTube, and it's always great Uh to, to be with everybody today. Some bad news for the Islanders. Ryan Pulak going to miss four to six weeks of action. We're going to discuss what this means for the Islanders. How are they going to deal with it? Because this really does set them back in a number of ways and we'll break all of that down for you. We will also have our weekly farm report, which we didn't get to yesterday because we did the crossover episode with Locked On Florida Panthers Uh, and Armando Vela. So please, if you haven't checked that out, great episode to uh, watch and to listen to. Also, uh, a present Islander is our Islander's birthday of the day. And we have the countdown right now. Just a couple of more days until the Islanders open their first ever historic game at the UBS Arena. And we'll start talking a little bit about that Uh, today and tomorrow, and tomorrow we will have a full preview of that game against a tough Calgary Flames team. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name, first name, and where you're from, like uh, Bobby from Brentwood, We are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. So, the bad news. Ryan Pulak, one of the Islanders' top two defensemen, out Four to six weeks with a lower body injury. Obviously, the team not being any more specific than that. The injury took place Monday uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Pulak blocking a shot while the Islanders were on a power play. This is unbelievable how uh, yet another problem with the power play for the Islanders. But uh, he missed the game Tuesday against the Panthers. And that ended his 263 consecutive game streak, which is an Islanders franchise record for defensemen. Now, so far this season, 12 games for Pulak, two assists, 34 block shots, which is first on the team. And then he's played an average of 21 minutes and seven seconds per game, 
25 hits, which is also tops among Islanders defensemen. So, look, no doubt Ryan Pulak being out of the lineup is just a a devastating blow for the New York Islanders. And you know what? It's not just the fact that they're going to miss Pulak, and they are. Uh, You know, one of the team's shut down top pair defensemen, somebody who they can rely on game in and game out, someone who helps shut down some of the most talented top scorers in the league. But here's the other thing. Pulak is a right-handed defenseman. And that is something the Islanders don't have in large supply, both on their current roster and on the down in Bridgeport. And we'll get to the farm report later on in the show. But, you know, it would have been easier if they lost a left-hander. So four to six weeks, first of all, let's talk about this. What are we talking about? Well, you're talking about him coming back sometime around Christmas or New Year's is what you're looking at. And we know the Islanders have 16 of their next 21 games at home. We know they have to make up some of that, uh, you know, some of the road games. You know, when you start the season with a 13-game road trip, you want to make up for some of that with by winning at home. And yet, obviously, uh, losing one of your top two defensemen puts a big crimp in the Islanders' depth, talent, and everything else. And defense, believe it or not, has already been a problem for this team before Pulak went down. So let's talk about this. Who Who is out there? Well, right now, you got two right-handed defensemen on the roster presently. Noah Dobson, Scotty Mayfield. Down in Bridgeport, you've got two right-handers if you want to stick to keeping right-handed shots, you know, three right-handed shots, three left-handed shots. You got Grant Hutton and Paul Ledoux. Now, Ledoux, uh, not a real big offensive guy. He does have some NHL experience, though. He is more of a a third-pair kind of guy, a uh, a, a guy who, you know, signed a two-year deal, has played 69 games in the NHL with the LA Kings, so he does have some experience. Hutton, not someone who's going to contribute a lot offensively. He's big. He has a decent shot, but probably ideally a year or two away So those are really the only two right-handers. And, you know, if you bring up Bodie Wild, yeah, okay, he's property of the Islanders and he's a right-handed shot, but he's also playing in Sweden this year, being loaned out, and that loan is for the entire season. So he is not coming back this year. They still could stick with Sebastian Ajo, who played okay last night. Uh, as as okay as I guess anyone on the blue line did. Uh, but again, you're forcing him to play on his off side. Uh, you could think about bringing up Robin Sallow, although I'm not so sure they would want to do that 
because you would either have, you would most likely have to have Salo play on his offside. He wouldn't get as many minutes. And I think when you do bring him up, even though he's really playing well for the Bridgeport Islanders right now, I just think that if you put Salo and Dobson, who's been struggling with his consistency, and Aho, who has still only played, what, five or six games in the last in the NHL over the last three seasons, uh, that's a lot of question marks and a lot of young question marks that I think Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz would not be all that comfortable with. So this is a dilemma. You could always look to trade for a left, uh, you know, a right-handed defenseman, excuse me. But the problem with that is, you know, you want to negotiate when you've got the upper hand. And right now teams know the Islanders are desperate for a right-handed defenseman. And the asking price is going to be higher than the market value as a result of that problem. It's a conundrum. It is something that, you know, this is why Lou Lamorello makes the big bucks. He's got to solve this problem. And, you know, to me, I wouldn't be surprised to see them call up Ledoux, who has an NHL experience, leave him as the seventh defenseman. And if Aho and or Dobson continue to struggle, you put Ledoux in the lineup and see what he can do. That, to me, is the most Lou Lamorello-esque, is that a word? Lou Lamorello-esque move that the Islanders can make, but we'll keep an eye on it. This is a pretty bad loss for the Islanders to handle in, you know, right when they finish this 13-game road trip and they need to make up some points. So we'll see how the team handles it. This is a veteran team, a team that's been there and done that, but they really will need to get it all done without one of their best players. One of those guys who, outside of the island, if you're not an Islanders fan, you don't watch the Islanders every day, you don't know a lot about Ryan Pulak. He doesn't have a high national profile. But you talk to hockey people, you talk to scouts, coaches, they know what he is. They know how important he is to this team, and the Islanders will miss him for sure. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball and hockey season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON and betonline.ag will give you a 50% welcome bonus just because you listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so check out BetOnline, where the game starts. Time now for our weekly farm report as we discuss all things Bridgeport Islanders. I'm still, you know, worried about breaking into saying sound tigers. I'm so used to that, but uh, I'm getting there. 
I almost said it before, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So the uh, Bridgeport Islanders last week played three games, and they split all three. It started last Wednesday when they traveled up to Syracuse to see uh, to take on the Syracuse Crunch, and it was Jakob Skarik, the goaltender, who celebrated his 22nd birthday with a 35-save effort in a 3-1 win for the Bridgeport Islanders. Chris Terry led the offense. He had one goal and one assist, two third-period goals, the difference for Bridgeport in that one. And again, a great start to the weekend. Meanwhile, uh, Saturday, uh, Friday, they went to Laval to play the Laval Rocket, and it was Chris Terry leading the way again, a goal and two assists, his first three-point game with Bridgeport, but in overtime, the Bridgeport Islanders fell to the Laval Rocket by a score of 5-4. to four. Robin Sallow, a goal and an assist. Paul Ledoux and Armand Durando also tallying for the Bridgeport Islanders. So, you know, first two games, three points. That's a solid start. But then on Saturday, to close out the weekend, they were at the Belleville Senators, and they fell by a score of 3-2. to Two, two third-period goals for Belleville in this one was the difference maker, and again, Bridgeport falling short. So one win, one loss, one overtime loss uh, over the weekend, and, you know, again, this team certainly being a lot more competitive than they have been in recent seasons. The new leading scorer, uh, goal-wise, Chris Terry has six, followed by Anatoly Golishev, with five, but the, the leader for points, Otto, Otto Koivula. Two goals, 10 assists. That's 12 points in 14 games for Koivula. And uh, I'll tell you, a plus four also, which is uh, pretty darn high on this team. In fact, it is first on the team in plus minus. So Koivula looking good. Chris Terry, 11 points in 11 games. Durando, four goals, 11 points in 14 games. Andy Andreoff, nine points in 14 games. As for Robin Sallow, and we got to talk about him because, again, he is probably the top candidate, uh, offensively at least, to be brought up. I don't think they're going to do it, but two goals, Eight points in 14 games, and he is a minus one. If you're wondering uh, about some of the other names, Michael Dalcole only played in five games due to injuries, two goals, four points. Paul Ledoux has just the one goal in 14 games. He is all even. Thomas Hickey, six games, no points. And uh, Samuel Bolduck, 11 games, no points. So, those are kind of the names that we uh, have mentioned, and we'll see what it is that Lou Lamorello does. Meanwhile, this weekend, more action coming up for Bridgeport. They are playing now. I'm recording this Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, November 17th, they are at the Hartford Wolfpack. That game starting right about now, so we'll have a, you know, we'll update you on that. Uh, 
next Wednesday when we do our weekly farm report. And then over the weekend, a home and home with the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, Saturday on the road in Springfield, that's a 7.05 start. And then the Sunday matinee for uh, the Bridgeport Islanders at home against the Springfield Thunderbirds. And uh, tickets are still available. And you can, of course, also watch some of these games on AHL TV at AHL.com. And, you know, look, the Islanders are back. They have a lot of home games coming up, but still great. You know, you go to an AHL game, family kind of an atmosphere. Prices are reasonable. Always a giveaway at every game. The arena is smaller. It's a little more intimate. You can hear the players better, see the players up close. I love watching minor league hockey, and, and you get to see some of the Islanders players of tomorrow uh, before they were stars, so to speak. So lots going on for the Bridgeport Islanders. And and again, this is a team that is really improving. They're not where you want them to be just yet, but compared to last year and the year before, this Bridgeport team is much improved. And when you look at the standings, as to what's happening with the Bridgeport Islanders. You know, the AHL, is it's competitive. It is a competitive league. And the Atlantic Division, where Bridgeport plays right now, they have 13 points. That ties them with four other, uh, three other teams for fourth place in the Atlantic Division. But Bridgeport has played more games than those teams so right now, at least, they are technically in seventh place. But you know what? You, you get you have the three games this week. You win two of them, you're up higher in the standings. It is going to be one heck of a race uh, the whole way. You know, Hershey in third place, and they're, the Bridgeport Islanders only two points out of third. So uh, should be a, a, a promising season, and I like the mix that this— uh, Bridgeport Islanders team has between veterans and younger prospects. So more encouragement, let's put it that way, for the Bridgeport Islanders. When we come back, we will discuss our Islanders birthday of the day and we'll start to look ahead to the debut at the UBS Arena. That will be a special moment for the New York Islanders. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We want to wish a very happy 34th birthday today to New York Islanders winger Cal Clutterbuck. Clutter drafted in the third round by Minnesota Wild back in 2006. And the Welland, Ontario native joined the Islanders in the 2013-2014 season He's had a couple of very productive seasons. You know, he had 19 goals for the Wild in 2010-2011. That's still his career high. But 12 goals for the Islanders in 2013-2014. 15 goals in 2015-2016. Last year, in 50 games, 4 goals, 11 points. You prorate that. That's about an 8-goal, 7-goal season. So far this year, two goals, no assists in 13 games for Clutterbuck. Clutter, a team leader, 
uh, a guy who is experienced and who the younger players look up to. He has a, 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 you know, not afraid to defend his teammates, not a dirty player. You know, a lot of people hear the name Cal Clutterbuck and they think, oh yeah, you know, here's a guy who just racks up the penalty minutes. Well, not quite that simple. Cal Clutterbuck only has one season in his NHL career with more than 100 penalty minutes, and that was all the way back in 2011-2012 with the Minnesota Wild. For the Islanders, he has never had more than 60 penalty minutes in a season. So yes, Cal Clutterbuck is a physical player. He is a grinder. He is the kind of guy who is going to go into the corners and and get you the puck, and he'll defend his teammates. But a dirty player? No, he is not. We're going to look at one of Cal Clutterbuck's better games with the Islanders. October 30th, 2017 at the Barkley Center, a visit by the Vegas Golden Knights there uh, in town. And for the Islanders, they go with Yaroslav Halak in net, while Maxime Legacy gets the start for Vegas in this one. And it was the Golden Knights getting on the board first with a shorthanded goal uh, in this one. David Perron in the box for slashing. William Carlson pots his third from Cody Eakin at 9.31. Islanders trailing early, one to nothing. But Andrew Ladd answers for the Islanders a little more than two minutes later. His third, Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk with the assist, were even at one. Later on in the period, Dennis Seidenberg goes off for hooking Alex Tuck with his third on the power play for Vegas. Colin Miller and Brad Hunt with the helpers. 2-1 Vegas after one period. But in the second period, the Islanders' power play goes to work. Remember when they used to be able to score on the power play? Amazing. Uh, With James Neal off for tripping, John Tavares pots his 10th. Nick Letty and Josh Bailey with the assists. And then later on in the period, Riley Smith called for high sticking. Matthew Barzal, his third from Anders Lee and Josh Bailey at 17.44, also on the power play. Islanders up 3-2 after two and uh, trying to hold on in the third period. In the third, the Islanders do extend their lead. Cal Clutterbuck, his second from Dennis Seidenberg and Nikolai Kuhleman at 4.44. Then it was Kuhleman, his first from Seidenberg at 8. 26. That made it 5-2 Islanders. John Tavares closes out the scoring for the Islanders. His 11th from Josh Bailey and Anders Lee. Vegas gets a late power play goal from Colin Miller. That one coming with Anders Lee in the box. Brad Hunt and Alex Tuck with the assist. But the final score in this one, Islanders 6, Vegas Golden Knights 3. And for our Islanders, Birthday of the day, Cal Clutterbuck. Clutter, a goal, a plus two, and his goal was the game winner. So, a nice performance there by Clutter. 31 saves for Yaroslav Halak to earn the win, and the Islanders skate away with a 6-3 win. So, happy birthday, Cal Clutterbuck, and many happy and healthy more. Hope that you will celebrate that birthday with a strong performance Saturday at the UBS Arena. Can't wait. You know, this is something that Islander fans have been anticipating for such a long time. And it is going to be one heck of of an event.
You want to get there early. You want to soak it all in. I know there'll be some special guests there. Some of the dynasty teams and Islanders alumni will be in attendance. And uh, the the brand new arena that is state-of-the-art, that the Islanders are the anchor tenant of, that is much more accessible for fans, both coming from the city and driving out from the island, uh, certainly more accessible for Long Islanders, for most Long Islanders, than the Barclays Center was. Uh, great amenities, great sight lines. It should be a loud building. I can't wait to see what it looks like inside that UBS arena on Saturday. So tomorrow we will have a lot more news about the Barclay, uh, the Barclay Center, listen to me, the UBS arena as it opens up. And we will have a full preview of that game against the Calgary Flames. So we are looking forward to that. And uh, we will also preview the second ever game at the UBS Arena as the Islanders have a busy weekend ahead of them. Once again, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe and have faith. And don't forget, let's go Islanders.